Hello guys, and welcome to my podcast on Let's Talk Attachments. So for those of you that are new to this space, my name is Jessica De Silva, and I'm a marriage and family therapist and relationship coach, helping adults and their unhealthy ways of experiencing love and really creating stronger, secure relationships. So if you're fascinated by attachment theory, like me, and the impact that it has on your relationships and on your life, then this is the perfect place for you to deepen that understanding and gain new perspectives on how to improve the quality of your life. This platform is a personal space of authentic sharings and stories from my life and the life of others. So please go into this with an open heart. And without further ado, let's get into it. Hi guys, and welcome to today's podcast. So I have been browsing through your questions on my TikTok recently, and a question I've been getting a lot on my videos that portray both anxious and avoiding character traits is, can I be both? Can I be both anxious and avoidant? And fearful avoidant for that matter? And even secure, can I be all four? And the short answer to that is yes. So it's really important to note that we all fall on a spectrum when it comes to our attachment style, meaning we don't just fall into one category. We have bits and pieces of all. Um, However, we do tend to be oriented in one style more than the other. So if you took my attachment style quiz, for instance, um, it calculates your more general or primary attachment style. Um, However, it is important to note that your attachment style can fluctuate throughout your life and is influenced by, you know, people you date, relationships you've had, significant life events, losses you've experienced, breakups, healings you've experienced, traumas you've experienced. It's very flexible in nature and very multidimensional. Um, However, with that being said, you know, we still tend to lean towards one style more than the other. Um, But yes, it's dependent on many different factors, which we will get into. So to give you guys some clarity on what this looks like, I'm going to use myself as an example here. Um, So I would say at this point in my life, I would guesstimate that I am 40% secure 20% fearful avoidant, 20% dismissive avoidant, and 20% anxious attachment. Now, this varies on who I surround myself with, my environment, my mental physical health, right? My mental physical state, um, the circumstances in my life. So I want you to know that it's not concrete at all, you guys. Our attachment styles are very multidimensional, Um, And just sensitive to different factors, um, just different elements in our life, right? Different circumstances in our lives. Um, However, I generally tend to be oriented with feeling secure attached these days um, as I'm consciously making a daily effort to implement these more secure ways of operating in the world, right? So you might also identify with being primarily secure Or maybe you identify with being anxious or avoidant or fearful avoidant. But just notice that, you know, these attachments do shift sometimes. Um, Okay, so to give you guys some more perspective, 
Um, going into my past, my childhood, I actually spent the majority of my life mostly anxious. Um, you know, so as a side note, you guys, we tend to adopt the attachment style of our primary caregiver. And if you have one parent that is more anxious attached and one that is more on the avoidance spectrum, you'll find that you kind of adopted aspects of both. Um, so because my mom was my primary attachment figure, I was more on the anxious spectrum as a child. Um, however, once my parents got divorced and my dad moved out of the state, my mom's mental health actually took a plunge and I became fearful avoidant as a result. Um, and as a fearful avoidant, you know, we experienced a lot of verbal and emotional or even physical abuse very erratic, unstable behavior from, you know, that primary caregiver. Um, you know, we felt a sense of betrayal and mistrust, um, which as a result, you know, leaves us feeling fearful and secure and unsafe, which is really what I felt, um, you know, back when I was a teenager. Um, and to top that off, <laughs> you guys, my entire teen years consisted of dating another fearful avoidant who really only messed with my mind even more. So, you know, as you can see from this example, I grew up mostly anxious attached, but when a significant life event happened, aka my parents, you know, got divorced, I became more fearful avoidant as my mom's mental health decreased, you know, so I experienced more of that erratic, abusive, unstable behavior on her part. And then also, you know, dating someone with an insecure attachment style only made me feel more insecure and triggered. Um, so that did not help. So I really hope you guys are following this and seeing just how versatile and flexible and sensitive our attachment styles can be. Okay, so I'd say that, you know, I spent the majority of my 20s, I'm 34 right now, um, but I spent the majority of my 20s as a fearful avoidant, um, you know, where I was pretty inconsistent with my relationships, you guys. Like, if if you talk to my, like, exes or just guys that I've date, that I dated back in my 20s, it would be like, Jessica was, like, what the hell? Like, what was that, right? Like, I know that I sabotaged a lot of relationships. I'm sure a lot of the guys that I dated were just so confused by my behavior because, you know, it's like with fearful avoidance, generally the behaviors are, um, you know, we tend to have one foot in, one foot out. Um, you know, we're super into them one moment and then super not <laughs> the next. Um, and we don't know when that's going to happen, right? It's, it's very unpredictable. Um, you know, not knowing what I wanted, what I was doing, who I was. I was so out of touch with myself um, just so disconnected in so many ways. And that is something that fearful avoidance generally feel is just this constant state of like confusion and confliction. Um, and it was only until I had left yet another abusive relationship, this one was actually more physically abusive, that I realized like, and I was, I believe I was like 28, 27, 28. And I was like, what am I doing? right? Like, what am I doing with my life? You know, I cannot keep going on this way. I have to do something. I have to make a change because this is, this is not how I want to live my life. I don't want to live this way. Um, 
And what I ended up doing was um, enrolling in a graduate program. I had my bachelor's in psychology and I've always wanted to, you know, education has always been really important for me. Um, But I took a long time uh, off from applying to graduate school. Um, But anyways, so after this experience, right, like where I just really hit a rock bottom, um, I enrolled in a graduate program for marriage and family therapy which again was something I wanted to do for years, um, but just didn't have the courage or the self-esteem to believe that I could ever help people because look at me, like what what am I doing with my life, right? Who am I to help people? Um, and so with that, you guys, like the, the little ounce, the s- tiniest ounce of confidence I had, I applied to one school and I was like, okay, if I get in, amazing. If I don't, well, It's just not meant to be, right? So um, I miraculously got accepted. Thank God, (laughs) like thank God. And that's really where everything changed for me, you guys. Um, Because, and it wasn't because graduate school, like that, that wasn't the case, but it was, it was an opportunity. It was the first time in my life that I saw myself, right? That I had the opportunity to see myself in a different light, okay? And this is actually something that I focus, I highly focus my coaching around, um, you know, which is helping my clients create a new identity for themselves despite their past. And it's just something that I find just, it's so emotional. It's probably one of the most emotional sessions we have because so often We don't see ourselves in this empowered way. We don't see ourselves in this higher uh, light, in this higher vision. And it's so incredible and moving when I, you know, I get to see this firsthand. I get to guide people through this process. It's so, so, so beautiful. So going back to my, my personal experience, I thought, okay, if I want to be a therapist and help people, right, who are going through a similar situation as me right now, who do I need to be, right? So going back to that identity, who do I need to be? What are the values of this version of Jessica, me? (laughs) You know, what does she believe in? Who are the type of people she has in her life? This was huge, right? Because I was only, um, I was only dating just really, really toxic people, right? And that obviously did not help my attachment um, at all. So who are the type of people that I date? Who are the type of people I have in my life? Who are my friends, right? Who are my mentors? Um, You know, what does this version of me stand for? How does she feel? And this embodiment, you guys, it changed everything for me. It changed everything And it was actually unknowingly where I learned to form a more secure attachment because I started to operate from a secure mentality, right? A more secure way of relating to myself and relating to the world. Now, I also want to highlight that I have been doing this attachment work for about six years, you guys, and I'm still not a hundred percent secure and that's okay because nobody nobody is a hundred percent uh secure 
right? Statistics have shown that we all fall on a spectrum when it comes to attachment styles, when it comes to our attachment orientation, Um, which only makes sense because we're all human, right? And no human is perfect. So I hope that you guys can find some comfort in that, right? We're not striving for perfection, right? Security is not this... um, this, uh, it's not perfection. Security is not perfection. It's just these skills that we can learn in order to have healthier relationships with others, feel more secure and safe within ourselves, feel more safe and secure within the world. So these are all things that we can learn. Um, so it might be that, you know, you are anxious with avoidant tendencies or that you're avoidant with some anxious tendencies or secure with either anxious or avoidant tendencies or fearful avoidant with secure or anxious tendencies. I hope you guys are catching my drift. <laughs> like it, the variations vary, you guys. And it all, it all depends on different factors, experiences, influences in your life that create this unique attachment style that you currently have. Okay, and it will continue to slightly or massively change as life goes on. All right. So in conclusion, you can identify with more than one attachment style. It's very common, very natural. All right. And it depends on, right. It varies on the attachment style you adopted from your primary caregivers, um, significant life events, healings you've experienced, traumas you've experienced, relationships you've experienced, breakups or divorce you've experienced. Um, All these different factors can influence your attachment style. Another thing I wanted to point out is that your environment, right? Your environment, your current life circumstances or certain people um, that you are surrounded by can trigger or activate certain aspects of your attachment. So for example, if you're secure with anxious tendencies, um, you know, someone who is more avoidant can activate your anxious behaviors. Or say you're fearful avoidant with more avoidant tendencies, um, someone who is anxious can activate your avoidant behaviors. Um, So it's really important to take into account environment and people and circumstances uh, in your life because those things can be very triggering and activating to those different aspects of your multidimensional self. All right. And lastly, you guys, um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, it's important to note that fearful avoidant attachments, you guys have both anxious and avoidant tendencies. Okay. So fearful avoidance have both anxious and avoidant tendencies. So if you find that you fluctuate from one to the other often, that you fluctuate from avoidant to anxious pretty often, um, or that you really resonate with, with both, it could be that you have a strong orientation to fearful avoidant attachment. Okay. So keep that in mind as well. And if you guys are interested in learning more about the fearful avoidant, I'll actually be recording an entire episode dedicated to the fearful avoidant, hopefully within these next two weeks. Um, but I also have a lot of content on the fearful avoidant attachment on my TikTok and Instagram. Um, TikTok is at Jessica De Silva Coaching, um, and my Instagram is the Jessica De Silva. 
All right, so I hope this episode was clarifying for you guys. I know that so many of you guys just had questions on this, and um, so I just really wanted to expand on this topic. Um, And if you are interested in diving deeper into this work and learning to become your most secure self, this is exactly what I do. This is exactly what I do with my coaching clients. Um, And you can learn more at jessicadasilvacoaching.com. All right, I will catch you in the next episode. so much for listening to my podcast. I hope you gained some great insights from this episode. And if you enjoyed this, please rate my channel, leave a comment with any thoughts or questions you might have. And if you'd like to learn ways and how to work with me, you can visit my website at www.jessicadasilvacoaching.com. Have a wonderful day.